What's going on, guys? Welcome back inside another episode of Big Easy in the Big Apple. It's your host, Chris Rosvoglu. Follow me on Twitter, at Rosvoglu Report. Follow me on Instagram, Saints underscore podcast. Follow the YouTube page, Big Easy in the Big Apple. And make sure, if you love the content, want me to continue going and adding new elements, you can support the channel on Anchor for as little as 99 cents a month. Now, let's get down to business. And... Friday was hectic. Now, usually Friday's a slow day for NFL news, but no, the Saints at 8 o'clock in the morning got to hit everyone with an alert that Antonio Brown's there for a workout. Wait, no, just kidding. The Saints didn't. Antonio Brown decided to throw on his Instagram story that he's working out with the Saints and put up a video of him in the locker room. And let me tell you something about first impressions. First impressions are usually everything, but when you're as good at football as you are when, as Antonio Brown is, excuse me, and Antonio Brown's that damn good at football. First impressions probably don't matter as much as it does for a Maurice Harris, who also worked out for the Saints today. But let's just get down into the logistics of this thing. This year has been a nightmare for Antonio Brown and his camp. Um, maybe not for AB because that guy just seems to keep you know moving and he's always positive regardless of all the chaos he inflicts on himself. Um, but you're working out for a contender. You have maybe a chance to get on a team with a great culture, a great quarterback, a great coach. A good situation for someone who's basically shot themselves in the foot uh, more times than you can possibly imagine. And yet his first thing, his first thought is to put it on Instagram. I don't know if that's a smart move. The fact that he put it, took it down tells you that Sean Payton was probably like, dude, are you freaking kidding me? Like, I, I've only known you for about a minute and you're already getting on my nerve. Like, that's not a good sign. So he's immature. And I'll talk about his immaturity in a little bit. But let me tell you why this move and this potential move is just so damn polarizing. There has never been any league at any time, um, you know, a chance for a team going into the playoffs with the week left in regular season, um, having an opportunity to upgrade their roster in the sense where they can add a future, if you know, talent-wise future Hall of Famer, a guy who's a perennial pro bowler, a guy who always has over 100 catches and 1,000 yards and over 10 touchdowns and just beats t- uh, double teams. He'll beat you a man-to-man. It doesn't matter what you put. No team can add that at the end of the season, ever. But this year, a team can. Why? Because Antonio Brown's inflicted all these wounds on himself. He's put himself in such a deep hole, and he just keeps on digging. Now, I know what you guys are thinking, Chris. Even if the Saints sign him, they won't be able to play him because the NFL will put him on the exempt list. And I kind of agree with you, and I understand that. And, and that's been my belief the whole time. And that's why when people would at me and say, Chris, why don't the Saints sign AB? I said, no, there's no point. He's going to be put on the exempt list. Well, the NFL had 17 weeks to sort out this Antonio Brown thing. 17 weeks. They had time to figure out whether how, whether he was guilty, how much they should suspend him for this sexual misconduct and you know the sexual assault allegations. 
But no, what they do? They kept kicking the can down the road. Just the way Mickey Loomis used to kick Drew Brees' cap number down the road. Now that's sorted out, obviously. That's what they kept doing. They just kept kicking this thing down the road and said, ah, eventually everyone will just leave it alone. No. Sean Payton said, hey, NFL, you cost me an NFC championship. Hey, NFL, you cost me a Super Bowl. Hey, NFL, you suspended me for a year when other coaches, Bill Belichick, can cheat and don't get suspended. Hey, NFL, fuck you. That's what Sean Payton just said. He stuck his middle finger right in Roger Goodell's face and said, you have a week to figure out this AB thing because if not, we're signing him. Figure it out. And I'm sure Sean Payton would love to add Antonio Brown to an offense with Michael Thomas, Jared Cook, Alvin Kamara, Taysom Hill, Josh Hill, Latavius Murray, and oh, Drew Brees. But guess what? More than anything, Sean Payton is trying to upgrade the roster while also saying, Roger Goodell, go screw yourself. That's what he's doing. So from that standpoint, I love that you know, Sean Payton's doing that. But there's a fine balance, and I think a lot of Saints fans are struggling to find that. And I tweeted it out, and I firmly believe this, and I'll continue to be a believer of this sentiment. You can dislike Antonio Brown while still wanting what's best for the Saints, while still supporting the team, while still saying no matter what, you're going to rep black and gold. A lot of fans immediately after the news was like, well, if the Saints sign AB, I'm never rooting for them again. All right, dude, leave. No one's asking you to stay. Um, If the Saints signing AB is a move that would trigger you to just stop supporting the team, how much of a fan were you anyway? And if signing AB when the Saints have held on to Junior Gillette and waited for Carl Granderson's thing to work out and the team won a Super Bowl with a rapist, and I'm not trying to be an asshole. I'm being serious. Darren Sharper is a terrible human being and he's serving time in jail for it. That guy was on the Super Bowl team. So cry me a river if Antonio Brown's the straw that breaks the camel's back. Because you're honestly, if you're telling me you're not going to root for the Saints because they might sign Antonio Brown, just leave, man. You're like a monkey. You're just throwing shit. And honestly, if you're the other side of it, where you're so pumped up about getting Antonio Brown, I kind of question your morals because Antonio Brown's done a couple of crazy things. I think it's the balance of saying, if the Saints sign him, I'm going to support the move. I know what the team wants. And also... Let's put it this way. No one knows what's better for this football team than Sean Payton. And Sean Payton loves attention, but Sean Payton doesn't like unnecessary attention. I think I think Brian uh, Biennemi, my guy over there, stated that. And I agree with that sentiment a lot. You know, Sean Payton loves attention, but he's not going to do something that's going to hurt his team with the playoffs coming up. So find that line, guys. Antonio Brown did some terrible things this year. And he and I and for people to tell me why are you questioning his manhood? I can't even question his manhood because that means he would have had to act like a man this year. And the fact is he acted like a child. But I'm not stupid. I'm not naive. Antonio Brown's one of the five best wide receivers in football. I didn't even play it down this year. Antonio Brown can do things that no other wide receiver can. Well, maybe outside of Michael Thomas, what he's done this year. And honestly, I think adding Antonio Brown helps this team. Whether they have to play at wild card weekend or not, it just gives you another weapon. It gives you a boost. It makes the secondary back off. And also, it means you can't double-team Michael Thomas. I mean, you can, but AB is going to get all the catches then. So I get it. From a football standpoint, the fact that the Saints can add an all-pro to their lineup with a week left is insane. It's crazy. And, and from a football perspective, I get it. The move would be an A+. But there's also the personnel perspective. And although I've just bashed on AB and said that he's been a child and he's done some terrible things and all that is true, if we truly believe the Saints have such a good locker room and the camaraderie, camaraderie excuse me, is there and they really just, you know, they're going to have each other's back, 
then there's no way that one man can destroy that locker room. You got 53 grown men in that room, and they all have one goal, winning a championship. Every single one of them knows what's laid out in front of them. You're telling me one guy, an outsider, is going to come in and mess with the other 52 got going on? Okay, and guess what? If he does, that means there was never anything that special anyway. And if he doesn't, that's because they were special. And everyone keeps saying, oh, is Sean Payton going to do something Bill Belichick couldn't and, and hold on to A.B.? Let me tell you something, guys. If those if that sexual assault allegation never comes out, AB is still on the Patriots. And we're talking about how the Patriots are going to roll to a seventh Super Bowl. That's honestly the truth, whether you like it or not. And the allegations came out. And I'm not going to speak on the allegations because if it was true, I believe AB will get what he deserves. And I hope that girl, if it was true, finds a way to move on in a positive way of life. And if it was false, then obviously we have some explaining to do. But in terms of the logistics of that and the optics, it's not, you know, it, the timing of it, the fact that he goes to the Patriots, looks good in his first game, and then that comes out is a little weird. Um, that's all I have to say about that. But for you to think that Belichick couldn't handle AB, no, Belichick cut AB because, the you know, them just holding on to him looked bad. It's bad enough that their owner likes to get happy endings on his free time. I, I mean, like, do you need another distraction? No. That's why they did it. The Saints don't have a distraction right now. And Sean Payton... After the Minnesota miracle and the no call is saying, I will not leave this Super Bowl up to chance. You only have such a small window of opportunity in the NFL. You got to seize it. And the way I look at it is this. Going back to 2015, dark times, I get it. When the Panthers made the Super Bowl and lost, everyone after the game said, it's all right, Cam Newton will get his. He's young. This Panthers team, young, this Panthers team is young. They haven't even gotten close to that mark. And the reason is football's cruel. And I think Saints fans know it better than anyone else. Football is so freaking cool. You, you feel like you got a Super Bowl in your grasp, and then all of a sudden it's gone. And then you're sitting there wondering where that opportunity was, and then your team's 7-9, or your team's 10-6 and six and struggling. And it is so cool. Sean Payton doesn't want this team to get stopped by some fluke play or some fluke call. He wants to have a roster that's so freaking talented you can knock them every time, and every single time you do, they're going to get up off the mat. And that's why Sean Payton wants to make this move. And why did he wait so long to make this move? Even if the Saints get him and the, the NFL puts him on the exempt list, guess who has to pay Antonio Brown during the playoffs? The NFL, out of their pocket, has to pay a guy who they don't even want to speak to. They don't want to interview. They just keep kicking the can down the road, and now they'd have to pay him? Sean Payton knows this business better than anyone else. And Sean Payton is playing chess. Uh, is playing chess while the NFL is playing checkers. And they thought they could kick this can down the road long enough where the playoffs would come and nobody would speak about AB. And Sean Payton said, hold my beer, I got something special for you guys. And now the NFL has to start figuring this shit out because Sean Payton's coming, AB could be coming to New Orleans, and we'll see what happens if he does. It'll be interesting. It really will be. Um, now, this isn't it for the episode. I know I told you on a Friday night I'm rushing home to go record this for you guys because I love you guys. Um, the the I love every single person that supports this podcast, supports the channel, supports my Twitter, everything. Um, and I think it would have been unfair if I didn't come on and record for you guys in such a big moment where the Saints could get an all-pro. Um, that said, this isn't the only thing and only topic I want to talk about. I want to talk about this weekend's regular season finale. Saints, Panthers should be a really good one. Um, and we'll see how the NFC shakes out. So I'm going to talk about that NFC South showdown, what the Saints need to do to win, and a couple of more things. All that coming up right after this short message.
and welcome back inside Big Easy in the Big Apple. Once again, your host, Chris Rosvoglu. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Rosvoglu Report, R-O-S-V-O-G-L-O-U Report. Uh, I'm not just putting out Saints content. I'm putting out memes and stuff, and I, I don't want to toot my own horn, but I think I had some good stuff today. I think, you know, in terms of my comedic level, it was up there today, and I'm, I'm going to pat myself in the back real quick. All right, anyway, besides me patting myself in the back, let's talk about it. Saints. Panthers regular season finale lots to get to now let's just talk about the injury report real quick let's start with the good news Larry Warford and Andrews Pete they were full um you have Kiko Alonso at practice you also have Drew Brees and Chauncey Gardner Johnson at full so um there's definitely a lot um a lot of positives to take away from the injury report in my opinion the negative is Marcus Williams Von Bell and Eli Apple all three of those really important secondary members will not be playing. Now, the good news, the Saints have their O-line back. This is a, an O-line almost at full strength. I'm not going to say every individual member is at 100% right now. It's week 17. No one is. Um, but for them to go into the playoffs with all five starters ready, I think that's just something that even the Saints couldn't have imag- imagined. It's what they hoped for. But I don't know if you ask them week one, do you really think, um, you know, deep down, do you think you're going to have all five guys? They probably would say no. Um, And they do, which is really good for the Saints. Von Bell being out obviously still stings, but Chauncey Gardner-Johnson or CJ Gardner-Johnson, whichever one you want to call him, either way, what he's done has been phenomenal. I love him towards the line of scrimmage. I like him making tackles. That fumble he forced last week was phenomenal. He's been really fun to watch, and I can't wait to continue watching him grow as a safety. So I kind of feel like not having Von Bell, obviously it hurts because you need the depth, you need the experience and a playmaker in him. But Garner Johnson has been so great. As for Marcus Williams going down, I think that's more of the question. How does P.J. Williams step in and fill in for him? I think Marcus has really hurt a lot of fans in terms of his struggles with tackling. But we know how good he is in coverage. So let's see how they handle that absence. As for Eli Apple, every negative has a positive. And the negative is that he's out. The positive, let's see what Janoris does in the starting role. Can Janoris seize the moment and take the job from him and look like the guy that many Saints fans hoped he could become and with another week with the playbook in him, um, another week of practice, um, another week of familiarity with Dennis Allen's system, I think this is going to do well. I think he's going to have a pretty solid game against the Panthers. As for the Panthers, the Panthers are going to be without DJ Moore. They're going to be without Shaq Thompson, two big players there. Um, and then they could be without Marquise Haynes, um, their linebacker slash defensive end. He's a decent player. He had a limited practice Friday, didn't practice the other times during the week. That could be a question mark there. The DJ Moore absence, huge. He had over 120 yards and two touchdowns in their first meeting. Without him, that really hurts rookie quarterback Will Greer. And now let's just go into the you know the basics. What I always do for every game, the preview, what's going to decide this one? And let's start with the, you know, the obvious no-brainer here. Can you limit Christian McCaffrey? I have so much respect for Christian McCaffrey that I'm not going to say, can you stop him? Can you shut him down? Can you limit Christian McCaffrey? Last week, even in a loss, Christian McCaffrey was productive. So productive, he had 15 receptions. Talk about that. Now, what that tells me is that Will Greer, a rookie quarterback in his first start, wasn't really sure what the defense was giving him. So what he do, like a smart young man, took the check down. But you can only take the check down so many times before you realize it's not resulting in points. And that's why they got blown out by the Colts. Besides the fact that their defense didn't play well and their special teams was atrocious, giving up two punt returns. So that's definitely something that we could watch because I have a little bold prediction in about a minute. But stop, you know, limit McCaffrey. Um, limit him in the ground game. This way you know what you're going to get in the passing game. Um, and you could really hone in on that. 
Um, last time the Saints played him, it felt like he killed them. He did have those two touchdowns. He did play great. I get it. Um, but in terms of yardage, the Saints really didn't get burnt there. What really hurt was just the third down little dinks where he can just go and get the first. I think that's what the Saints really have to avoid there. Um, and if they can do that, they should be able to run away with this game. But if not, McCaffrey's so good that he could keep the Panthers in a tight one, especially an NFC divisional game um, between these two. Now, that brings me into my second point, which also ties in with the defense. Can you force Will Greer into third and long situations? Like any young quarterback, when it was third and long, he struggled. You can't see the field as well. You kind of pressure yourself to make that big throw. You put a lot on your shoulders. And he didn't, you know, he didn't handle it well. And that's normal. Um, but the Saints have to try and do that. Without their secondary at full strength, can the D-line, can the front seven put enough pressure on stopping the run and getting him into third and eight, third and seven, and making Will Greer have to beat you over the top because that's what you want to do in a game of this magnitude. Third one, pretty simple for me. Keep Breeze upright. You got your starting offensive lineman in there. Give us a good showcase, a good trial and test run going into the playoffs of what this O-line is capable of when all five starters are on the field. That's important. And also, Breeze has been on the injury report. He had the thumb injury, then his elbow hurt, then he had a knee problem. Drew's getting up there, guys. He's going to be 41 in a month. The man's not going to play forever. This might be the last shot that he has. Got to keep the man upright for the playoffs because Drew Breeze has been playing amazing football. And I want to see him continue playing amazing football and go hot into the playoffs. And let's see what number nine can do if he gets rolling. I think that's going to be really scary um, for the postseason. Now, my fourth key, and I think it's so important, maybe more important than all the other ones outside of keeping your quarterback upright, feed Kamara and get him hot going into the playoffs. Kamara looked great in the second half against Tennessee, and I think that's something in terms of confidence that carries over into the next game. And we're going to see that early. If the Saints can get Kamara involved, especially with no Shaq Thompson involved, I think you can see him going with another touchdown or two, and his confidence starts getting really high going into the playoffs, and then the Saints really do have that three-headed attack with Cook, Kamara, and Michael Thomas, so that will definitely be fun. And fifth, and this one's also very critical, but obviously this one's probably the one that, in terms of execution, the Saints can't control it, avoid injuries. The playoffs are right around the corner. Got to be as healthy as possible. This team has battled injury after injury after injury this year, but hopefully they don't have another big injury going into the playoffs that's catastrophic, that can hurt their title chances. Try and avoid injuries at all costs in this game. So, before I give you my prediction for the score, I'm going to give you a bold prediction of what's going to happen in this game. Last week, the Panthers gave up two punt return touchdowns to Naheem Hines, a very good returner for the Indianapolis Colts. But do you know who the best punt returner in football is this year? It's Deontay Harris. I'm going to say Deontay Harris scores, whether it's a kickoff or a punt return touchdown. He will have a special teams touchdown for the New Orleans Saints. I think he's going to have another great game. Saints might even try and get him involved a little bit in the passing attack. Um, but I think Deontay Harris will take one to the house. And as for the score, I got the Saints winning this football game 30 to 17. I think that they should get control early. This way you can be a little, you know, not lackadaisical, you know, throughout the second half, but at least if there's some garbage time plays here and there, you can live with that happening and still win the football game. And if that happens and the Saints win, it's all about scoreboard watch. What happens in the Packers game? What happens in the 49ers game? And who knows? Maybe the Saints get a bye or next week I'm here talking about Saints Vikings. But either way, I will be here talking to you guys about that game. But I have the Saints winning 30 to 17 in that game. And that would be the second straight season where the Saints go 13 and 3. And to consider what they've been through, all the you know traumatic events from the no call and everything that came out after that and the Drew Brees injury, for them to be 13 and 3 
testament to the character in that locker room, which, by the way, is so strong. I think they can handle an Antonio Brown, just to mention it one more time for you guys. But I want to thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Big Easy in the Big Apple. Um, I want to remind you guys that if you want to support the channel, you can. There's three different tiers. I will be adding new content as always, and I'll continue to build up what I'm doing for you guys. If you ever have a suggestion, you ever want me to cover a certain topic, I will do so. Um, I am that committed to you guys, and I want to make sure you guys get the best quality out there for the New Orleans Saints. But that's going to do it for this episode. I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your weekend. If you're listening on a Friday night, thank you, because I did also have my Friday night have to spend time to make this. But if you're not, I hope you enjoyed your Friday night, and I hope you enjoy your weekend, and I hope the Saints beat the Panthers and continue to roll going into the playoffs. Thanks again, guys. Thank you for the support, and who dat.